Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. I'm going to continue uh, a conversation that we began uh, last Sunday. Pardon me. I'm going to continue the conversation that we began last Sunday. Does anybody remember what we talked about last Sunday? We weren't here, just to refresh your memory, we weren't here, we were streaming online. Anybody remember what we talked about? I'm going to give you a hint. It, it involves dads. We talked about fathers, oh, right? Fathers. Yes, <laughs> yes. We talked about the responsibility that our, our dads have to, right. our, to their families, right? <laughs> so we're going to continue uh, that, that, uh, that really it's a series that, that we're... Uh, Kind of continuing. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a series anyway. All right. Can we can we back up and do a prequel addition to today's message? Anyway, today's message is called Covenant. If you're a note taker, uh, if you haven't received notes uh, uh, yet, just raise your hand and we'll give you the notes for today. Uh, I've li- I've liked how this has kind of worked out. Have you guys liked how this has worked out? We don't have the big graphics and the big TVs out here, so we're doing handouts for your notes. Good stuff. Yeah. Amen. And you get to take something home with you to to. Make sure I'm not making this stuff up, right? You can check me on this. Don't take my word for any of this stuff, right? All right, so today we're going to be talking about covenant. Uh, There are so many different covenants that we can have in our lives. We have covenant relationships. We have covenant marriages. We enter into covenant with our God, do we not? Today we're going to focus on uh, something that is a topic that is of monumental importance, especially, church, when we think in terms of the kingdom of God. When we think in terms of the kingdom of God, we think about this covenant that we that God has made with Abraham. We have been grafted into this covenant of Abraham by our faith, and we have been uh, betrothed to our King, King Jesus. Amen. So, as the bride of Christ, it's imperative for us to understand what godly covenant marriage looks like for for success in our own marriages, but also as we try to emulate. Uh, uh, and fill our res- responsibility in our role as the bride of Christ. We're betrothed. We're betrothed, amen? So, last week we talked about the family union. We focused main- mainly on our responsibility as parents to produce the next generation of leaders for Christ. And it being Father's Day, we really made a, a, a big focus on dads especially, right? And I think a lot of that message last week hit home for us especially when I shared a lot of the statistics that that we saw. But the bottom line is that the health of the home has to start with mom and dad. Somebody say amen. Okay, today I'm going to talk about moving our relationships, uh, you'll see on your notes, from contract relationships to covenant relationships. And I hope that through our study today, that will make a lot more sense, okay? I've given you a, a key at the very top of your notes. Our culture as a whole, our culture as a whole church has made a full sale transition. Hear me now, a full sale transition uh, uh, to thinking about marriage as a legal agreement rather than uh, a covenant. Vows have become sentimental. They've become ritual or worse, simply legal terms of agreement in many cases. Uh, George Barna, uh, who does wonderful uh, research 
uh, as far as polling and whatnot to figure out where we are as a church in this day and age that we live in. Uh, Barna, uh, he said this. He said, there no longer seems to be much of a stigma attached to divorce. It is now seen as an unavoidable rite of passage, the researcher indicated. Interviews with young adults suggest that they want their initial marriage to last. Did you hear that? They want their initial marriage to last, but shouldn't there just be one marriage, right? No, they want their initial marriage to last, but they're not particularly optimistic about that possibility. There is also evidence that many young people are moving towards embracing the idea of serial marriage, in which a person gets married to two, gets married two or three times, seeking a different partner for each phase of their adult life. That's alarming. It should be alarming, anyway. So, in our quest, uh, in our quest to enlighten and empower ourselves with the knowledge that we'll need to subdue this attack of Satan, let's define. Let's define covenant versus contract marriage. You see it on your notes if you've got them. In the contract relationship, we protect our rights, don't we? Isn't that the point of a contract? You know, many times if we get into an agreement with the school or whoever as an organization, we make, make a contract, right? Why do we do that? Because we don't want to make a huge investment and not have a protection that it could just all be taken from us like that, right? So in a contract, we protect our rights and we do something else. We try to limit our own responsibility. That sounds pretty good to me, right? I'm safe and my responsibilities are limited. However, in a covenant, it's vastly different. It's vastly different. In a covenant, we give up our rights. We offer them and we pick up responsibilities. So today we're going to divide our points into two sections Things that we give up versus things that we pick up. You with me? Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 through 25 is where we'll begin today. Do we uh, have a, any Bible pages flipping around? I can hear them in the wind now. Is that it? Yeah. Heavenly Bible pages flipping. I've joked on Wednesday night that we need to get a, uh, we need to get a, a sound effect for our Wednesday night service of Bible. But yeah, Andrew found one, so don't be surprised. <laughs> If we get that next week. Let's read Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 through 25. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Amber always liked that one about uh, the man will leave his family, right? I've heard that, that a bunch. Uh, we always lived in uh, down in, south, in the south, and she said, you know, we can never move up to the north because it's freezing up there is what she's thinking. But this was always the verse. This was the go-to verse, wasn't it? <laughs> For this reason, the man will leave his father. And mother. Hey, that's not very fair. Oh, well, anyway. Point one today, church. Priority. Priority. KJV says cleave. Cleave, right? 
to his wife, which means to cling. It means to stick. That's what it means. To stick with. If you're going to stick with something, it has to be a priority. It must be. It must be a priority. Whether it's learning to play guitar, right? Uh, working out to get fit, whatever it is. Uh, making yourself a success in business, perhaps. Or, or building a church, perhaps, right? Yeah? This, has to, this is a, has to be a priority for us, right? Of course, you, you've got to stick with it to make something work in life, to, for it to grow, for it to be successful. You've got to stick with it, even if you don't feel like it. Or I'll say, especially when you feel like giving up, is when you have to stick with it, church. Your marriage has to be a priority to you both. To you both. We live in a culture that glorifies those who get to the top, don't we? We sure do. It's work, 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 whether it's building a business or running a home. It's work, 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 run, 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 in all kinds of different directions. That's just the way our lives are these days. Many times to, to different jobs, both husband and wife working, our schedules are crazy, aren't they? For the most part in our culture, our schedules are nuts. You wake up in the morning, you hit traffic, you get to work, right? You get out of work, you hit traffic, just in time to get the kids to practice or whatever, grab something on, to eat on the run, right? All the, then by the time you're home, you get a couple hours to relax before you fall asleep and do it all again the next day, right? By and large, that's our culture that we live in. Our schedules are crazy. And look, I'm all for hard work. I'm, a strong work ethic is essential to success. And God wants us to be successful. So hear my heart on this, okay? But we've got to get our priorities straight. The mar marriages across this spectrum of the church today are failing. In the church, they're failing, by the way. The statistics show that marriages among Christians uh, fail at, a, at a, a high level, just as marriages of people who don't claim religion fail. So we've got to get our priorities straight. Don't forget that we've got, we've, we have a God, okay, whose pleasure it is to give us all things, right? His word says that I believe that, okay? Don't you think that, don't, don't think that you're going to please God. Don't think that you're going to please God by making the most of an opportunity if in the meantime your marriage is suffering for it. Priorities, okay? All in the name of a big house or bigger car payment or whatever it is or in the name of a clean house or a number of coupons clipped in a week, right? Whatever it is. Don't think that that, that should take more precedence than your marriage. In the kingdom of God, the way is up and the, the way up is down, right? And the way down is up. So if you can think, you can be pretty sure that if the natural mind or tendency is to do one thing, that in the kingdom, it really goes the other direction. Work, 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 work. Run, 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 right? That's great. Hard work is great. You get the point that I'm trying to make here, right? Our marriages have to be a priority. Literally nothing should be in front of that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek first, what? His kingdom. We've heard this verse before. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you as well. I think in our culture, we run after all of these things, all these things, and we're not even running after the kingdom anymore. Now, we think that these things will benefit the kingdom, so we, we validate them or justify them. 
But, you know, there's such thing as, as, as a church being so busy doing church work that they forget and leave Jesus out of the equation, right? Or the kingdom out of the equation. Don't let that happen to your personal life and don't let your marriage suffer for it, church. All right? Point two, ownership. Rights we give up. Ownership. First Corinthians verse seven, or chapter 7, verse 4. The wife's body does not belong to her alone but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Am I really going here on a Sunday morning? Somebody's thinking right now. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right? This is a beautiful verse. This is a beautiful verse. Uh, Quite simply, you are not your own anymore. You're going to have to deal with that. Your time is not your own. But this verse specifically, I mean, your time is not your own. I mean, all us married guys are like, if you've been married for a while, you're like, I get it, right? (laughs) My time is not my own. My money is not my own. My opinion isn't even my own anymore, it feels like, right? But this verse right here is saying, your body is not your own. And you don't give up your dignity. Don't get me wrong. You don't give up your dignity. So nobody should ever be treated as a possession. That's not what I'm saying. But being one flesh, we should be as aware of the needs of our spouses as we are aware of our own needs as well, right? That's why Amber makes sure that I eat vegetables and it's my hand if I go back for more donuts, right? It's yeah. ah, true. A healthy physical relationship, church. Come on now. A healthy physical relationship is part of any healthy marriage. It needs to be. Studies show that a lack of physical in- intimacy leads to a decline in intimacy in all other areas as well. Okay? It has to be a priority. Has to be a priority. All right? Uh, the most common excuse is for a decline in this area uh, of intimacy. Anybody want to guess? Com- most common excuses. Busy. Tired? Busy. What, what? Too busy. Too busy. Oh, man, the first... Uh, yeah, so tiredness, too busy, that's good. Uh, and the other one I had is, is lack of alone time. Okay? And that's a real problem, especially when you have four kids, trust me, right? The point is you got to make time for each other, okay? You have to make time for each other, church. It has to be a priority. Sounds to me like adopting this mindset of ownership needs to be a priority in our marriages. Amen? Point three, privacy. Somebody needs to hear this. I know it. I can feel it in my, in, my, in my spirit. Privacy. John chapter 15, verse 15. I no longer call you servants. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. How good is our God, huh? I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus is so good. Our marriages are to mirror our relationship with Christ. You are the bride of Christ. We talk about this all the time. Don't we love to talk about prophecy at Life Story Church, right? We talk about uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb that we'll all be at one day. We talk about the Jewish wedding ceremony, all of the type and shadow and idioms that are there that point to a rapture and the seven, uh, seven days and the hoopa tent and all that. It's just beautiful, isn't it? Well, this, this is... This is we are the bride of Christ, and our, the, the reason he chose marriage was to teach us something. 
is to, to, to show us how he plans on doing what he's going to do. But the way that that is so much more revealed to us is when we mirror it in our own marriages. So, so our marriages need to endeavor to mirror our relationship with Christ. There should be nothing that you hide from your husband or wife. Nothing. I, I know that can be hard, right? But there should be nothing that you hide from your husband or wife. Are, are there times when you want to? Yeah? I, yeah? I'll be honest. Absolutely. Are there times where you want to hide something from your uh, husband or wife? Absolutely. Yes, of course. There are plenty of times uh, that, that you know you've been thoughtless and, and you know what the ramifications of that are going to be, right? But you have to make a decision, church, that you're not going to hide anything from your spouse. That means finances. That means Facebook passwords, okay? Uh, for real. You, uh, I have counseled a number of, uh, of uh, uh, couples and couples in pre-marriage counseling as well where this was an issue. They wanted to keep part of themselves. They, why do you have to have my password? You know, it, it comes back to the ownership issue, right? It all comes together. There should be nothing hidden. No finances, no secret accounts, no Facebook passwords, no other social media accounts, any of that stuff. That also means, guess what? It also means how you really feel. This is a big one. How you, we often hide from our spouses how we really feel about them. Sometimes it's for self-protection because the relationship's not in a healthy place. Sometimes it's to protect the other person because you think that you're protecting them by not sharing with them your burden. Whatever the case is, we need to be in a... I'm guilty of that. You know, I'm guilty as charged. You know, uh, I, have not, I have not shared with my wife uh, certain times where I was carrying a heavy burden and I didn't want to bother her with that. And then she found out and I told her and she said... Why did you not tell me that? I want, you know, oh, I feel bad that I wasn't there to, to help you through that or whatever, right? There should be nothing. You get the point, right? There should be nothing that we hide from our spouses, period. Do you hide things from Jesus? So a lot of people try, but I'm just telling you. It's a losing endeavor. He sees everything. He made the sun, all right? He sees it. He sees it. If you, want, if you want your marriage to last, if you want to build a covenant marriage, you're an open book. That's it. You're an open book. Knowing that, that hiding, or, and knowing that, that hiding and lying, that they're not options, guess what? You'll be far more aware of your husband or wife's feelings and wishes as well, by the way. It will open up communication lines rather than shut them down. So, and you'll certainly be less likely to cross certain boundaries if you know she's going to know everything I do, she's going to know everything I like or message or text or Facebook or whatever. I'm just telling you, you set yourself up for success, church. You have to be an open book on all levels. All right, so responsibilities that we pick up. Let me read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Through 33. Wives, submit your submit your submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Yes, that's my favorite verse right there. Schmidt, Schmidt, 
right? And I try to say it with this deep southern accent, Schmidt, right? Now Amber's shaking her head at me. So <laughs> submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Uh-oh, but guys, yeah, that sounds pretty good so far, doesn't it? There's more, though. <laughs> All right? There's more. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Guess what, guys? And if you do that, if you do that, then she's going to be, be more than happy to submit and let you lead if you love her. All right? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You hear me, guys? After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. That's the reason, right? That's the reason, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Paul just did a whole marriage counseling weekend and right in one paragraph, didn't he? Home run, Paul. Thanks, man. Things that we pick up, responsibilities that we pick up. Guess what? We have a responsibility to love unconditionally. That's our next point. Love unconditionally. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 reads, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You hear that? Love with your husband or wife is unconditional. It's got to be unconditional. Why? Because it's a covenant. It's not a contract. You hear me here? Even in the church today, so many people are in... They're in covenant marriages. They're Christians, but they, they're viewing them as contract. Well, she didn't live up to her end of the bargain, or he didn't live up to his end of the bargain. We're just going to call it off and break it off because, because the deal was broken. In a covenant, in a, think about the covenant that we have with Jesus. When we mess up, when we don't live up to our end of the bargain, does he divorce us? No, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. When we were the last thing, but when we were anything but worthy, when we were in complete rebellion to the law, rebellion to the first covenant that he had made with mankind through Adam in the garden, even Paul says, what I don't want to do, I do, and what I do want to do, I don't do. Who will save me from this wretched body of death? Thanks be to Jesus Christ. Who paid the price. Amen? Amen? So, we are in a covenant relationship with Jesus. 
And Paul has told us to, in our marriages, make them look like our relationship with Jesus. So we, therefore, our marriages must be covenant. And to truly be covenant, that you know, did you, did you know that you are incapable of, do, of doing unconditional love apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from God? We think as human beings in terms of contract, don't we? When's the last time that your best friend was somebody who, who stabbed you in the back a hundred times, right? No, 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 no. We, 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 in general, we build relationships with people that, you know, I bring value, you bring value, we both bring something to the table, and we have a contract and understanding of what our relationship looks like. And if you violate that contract and you hurt me, see you later, buddy, right? But with, but with the power of Jesus, Jesus who loves us unconditionally, that spirit within us, with him, we are able to love others without condition as well. We're able to move beyond contract thinking in our relationships to covenant thinking in our relationships by the help and aid of the Holy Spirit. So you can love, you can love unconditionally, but it's got, it will only happen with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit enabling you to do so, teaching you to do so, and He will, trust me. You must love unconditionally. What does that mean? Love is something you do. It means it's something you choose to do. Regardless of whether or not you want to in the moment. Hear me here. Regardless of whether or not you want to in the moment, you choose to do it, and you choose to do it regardless of how you feel. I'm telling you, we cannot be a people that live our lives on emotions, right? What do we, I've said this a lot before to you guys, right? That emotions were a gift from God for us. They're meant to inspire us, right? Why? Because when I'm angry about something, I get righteously indignant. Then I might actually step forward and do something about the problem that brings about a positive change for somebody, right? Whether it's on a community level or on a personal level, right? If I see a child, uh, the victim of injustice, I feel a righteous anger, indignation. I intervene, right? And I aid the child, right? And there's a million other ways that we do that. But so the emotion... Even anger is a gift to lead us to an action that builds the kingdom. So the emotion of love, the emotion of sadness, uh, the emotion of loneliness, so uh, all give us the ability to, to, to minister to people better because we've been through the spectrum, right? We've, we've, they're meant to inspire us, these emotions, we, but we can't make decisions on those emotions, right? We can't make decisions on those emotions. That's how a lot of bad marriages happen in the first place, right? I'm so in love, I'm so in love in the first two weeks, right? And then, you know, you get married there. And then the emotion fades off. And then you start realizing we're not alike at all. Oh my gosh, yada yada yada. But then what, now you're married, right? Maybe you should have waited or done some straight marriage counseling or something, right? And then there's a million different things that we, there's a million different examples that we could give. But the point, the point is, this church, that we cannot let our marriages succeed or fail based on emotion. I'm telling you, our marriages are need to be mirroring our relationship with Christ, and He loves us unconditionally. Uh, point two, honor respectfully. Responsibilities that you pick up, here it is. Honor respectfully. First Peter chapter three verse seven. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker vessel. 
uh, this, some translations say partner, and some might get offended these days, but vessel truly means, you know, men are generally bigger, stronger, that sort of thing. This refers to the vessel, okay? With respect as to the weaker vessel, as heirs with you, heirs with you, of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Nothing. That's interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? So, husbands, be considerate as you live with your wives, okay? Look at them as co-heirs to the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Huh. So what you mean my prayers could be hindered if I don't do that? That's interesting. Hinder, that word in Greek is the word kopto. Uh, I put it on your notes. What it basically means, church, is this. To beat one's breast for grief. Okay? In other words, Peter is saying, be considerate to your wives. Look at her as a co-heir, or you're going to have a lot of grief. Amen? Amen. Is there grief in your marriage? For real. Is there grief in your marriage? Uh, did your mom and dad fight all the time? Did you see grief in, in their marriage, perhaps? You know, when a, when a husband and wife don't honor each other, the relationship breaks down. There's just no, how, how could it not? How could it not? Uh, what is honor? What is honor? It's my dignity, my reputation, right? Dignity, reputation. What, what is it to honor somebody? Uh, to, it is to treat them with dignity and respect. And at the end of the day, isn't that all anybody really wants? That's all anybody really wants is to be honored, respected, and appreciated. So here we have that instruction to do that for our husbands, to do that for our wives. You know, when, when we feel like we're not getting that from our spouse, it hurts, doesn't it? It certainly does. And anger is a symptom of hurt. Anger is a symptom of hurt. And from there, you know, we can get pretty messy pretty quickly, can't we, as people? So ask yourself this. How do you honor your husband? How do you honor your wife? Are you considerate? Do you treat them as an equal heir? And our last point for this morning. Submit mutually. Submit mutually. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, reads, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ. It isn't just the wife who submits, guys, right? It isn't. The husband is the king. I've always, I've always loved to say it this way. You know, the husband is the king, but the wife is the crown, right? I've always said this to, to Amber. I, said, I like to think of it in this terms, that the man is the head of the house, yada, 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 all this, but really, the man is no king if he has no crown, right? The wife is the jewel, the precious jewel that gives him authority of husband. He's not a husband without the wife. So you can say, I'm the king of this castle all you want, guys, you know, but without your crown, you're no, you're no, there's no castle. Amen? Hmm. So let's close here. Look back on your notes for me, guys. Look at the very top. This is your sending, all right? This is your, this is your homework as we, as we leave today and go forward. 
open-hearted. Open-hearted, okay? Ask yourself, is my marriage, and if you're not married yet, you will be one day, all right? And you can, look, you can think in terms as well with the other relationships in your life as well, okay? Whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, or your friends, or your family, right? Is your relationship, your marriage, you manage it as though you have a contract with this person. Protecting your own rights, limiting your responsibilities. Or, you have a covenant relationship where you will willingly give up your rights, which is everything that we've just gone through and covered, and you pick up more responsibilities. Which is it? Because a kingdom marriage looks like this. Uh, this is how your relationship with Jesus Christ looks. He has, he has openly shared himself with you. He has loved you unconditionally. He has given himself to you. Let me read through this real, one more time. Look at your notes. Read these points. Think in terms of priorities. What's your priority? What is your priority? Is your marriage a priority? Ownership. You give up ownership. You now share everything. You truly share everything with your spouse. Privacy. Privacy is gone. You're now one. Is that what your marriage looks like? That's what it needs to look like. That's what our relationship with Christ looks like. Responsibilities that we pick up. Do you love unconditionally? Even when you're not getting what you want from the relationship, do you still love? Honor respectfully. If you've not been surrendering to him, if you've been if you've been living your marriage as a contract, not covenant, and you want to turn it around and you want to get it right, if that's you here today, just raise your hand. You can put it right back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God is so good, and He sees your heart. That's a hard question I'm asking. It's a hard question to be honest about, but the fact that you're, God sees that and, and He will honor that. He'll honor that. If that's you, let's pray. Let's bring it to the throne. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, see our hearts today, Father. See the hearts of those who have raised their hands this morning and those that haven't raised their hand but they're still praying with us in their, in their hearts and their spirits or they're joining us online. Lord, we submit our hearts to you, Father, and we say we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have made covenant with us, God. For we have broken the contract long ago and would be lost if not for the covenant that you have given us and made for us, Lord, with us, Lord. Teach us, God. Teach us to surrender our will, Father. Teach us to, to view our marriages and our relationships in covenant terms, not based on what I get out of the scenario or how I've been failed, Lord Jesus, 
give us the ability to love unconditionally in the Lord Jesus, because without you we can't do it, Lord, but we know that with you we can. We can do so abundantly and more so than we even do now, Lord. See our hearts. See the hearts of your children that are laying their hearts at your throne and saying, Lord, teach me to love like you. Teach me to love my husband, to love my wife in covenant terms, Lord. To honor my husband, to honor my wife. Lord Jesus, we submit to you our marriages. Lord, we ask for your, your mercy, Father, and we thank you, Father, for your grace that you freely extend to us, Lord. Lord, teach us to love like you. I'm just going to say that over and over again. Teach us to love like you, Jesus. We want our marriages to look like our relationship with you looks. Lord Jesus. Now, if you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, or if you're watching online and you want to do that, or maybe you've been living in rebellion and you want to make a, a statement of surrender right now, let's do this right now. Just pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God. I believe that you love me. Come into my heart and make me new. Wash me with the blood of the Lamb. Wash me, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, give me direction. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. I believe that you love me. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave on the third day. Because you live, I live. I want to I live my life for you and follow after you, Lord Jesus. Follow me. I, wanna, I ask that you would walk with me all the days of my life. I'll follow you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. 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 God is good. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he pour favor out on your lives. May you go and grow in grace and prosper in all you do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We love you guys.